0: Walks in, slides it left. Howden closing in. Backdoor score!
1: Brett Howden back in the lineup and back on the score sheet. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Left corner to right corner, Carlson to Amadio. Up top, White Cloud. Left point, Martinez shoots. Score! Getting you ready for tonight's game live from T Mobile Arena.
0: Welcome in, Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Live. Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard live inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the...
1: I'm excited for this game because it brings me back to my youth. When I was (laughs) growing up, uh, I'm a twin uh, and my grandma brought uh, my brother and I Pajamas. One was Guy Lafleur, the other one was Bobby Clark. I got the Flyers one. He got the uh, Montreal Canadiens version, and then we were instantly rivals. Like, wow, just hatred. And we were like uh, 17 at the time, still wearing pajamas. Sure, but uh, no, no, we were we were young kids, uh, five and six, and just battling. And it was always Bobby Clark against Guy Lafleur because of these pajamas. It made me uh, a big Flyer fan uh, growing up, and it's always been. Uh, just a big thrill to be able to see that logo, one of the great logos in sports. And uh, now to be on the on the Vegas side, uh, having them roll in here and uh, that history uh, to them. Because they were the first expansion team to ever win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And Vegas being the 31st NHL team, trying to sort of follow in those footsteps. Uh, Philadelphia rolled in in 67-68. And uh, they won in 74-75. So we're starting to approach that window mm-hmm. of when the, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, could win in the same type of fashion.
0: Yeah, the Flyers are uh, an interesting team for me in a lot of different ways because you, you never have to question what you're going to get night in and night out with him. Like, you don't know necessarily, especially this team in particular, uh, what the result's going to be night in and night out, but with John Tortorella behind the bench, you know they're going to work. Uh, and uh, there's something endearing
1: about a team that just goes out and works hard. Well, Torts is coaching his 15, <laughs> So there's, there's obviously some areas where he's come up short. But when you look back at the teams that he's coached, and you start with Tampa. You won a Stanley Cup. That was amazing. Uh, then you uh, include the likes of the New York Rangers. Had a really long run there, but had some feuds with the media. Rolled into Vancouver. Uh, that didn't go well no. when he tried to jump into the Calgary dressing room mm-hmm. uh, after a game. And <laughs> then there was the Columbus Blue Jackets experiment. And, and that was there were some good moments w- with that run. Philadelphia might be the best fit. Like, if you're going to drop Tortorella into a team mm-hmm. and hand pick it with styles and demeanor of the coach and try to make it a perfect mix with the history of the franchise, it looks like it's a perfect marriage. Now, mm-hmm. the talent on the Philadelphia Flyers isn't even close to the Vegas Golden Knights. No. With all due respect to, to Philadelphia... This game should be a win for the Golden Knights and a 20th victory. The first Western Conference team to get to 20 wins uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. But with the Philadelphia approach, that moxie uh, and the attitude of the fans and the the franchises, and then you add Torts in there uh, with calling it a young, dumb league and everything else that (laughs) that Torts does, uh, it, it, it is truly a perfect fit.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, you've got a, a coach that I think really kind of signifies what it, what essentially it means to be a flyer, right? And um, I, I'm interested in this game because you're right. It should be a win for the Golden Knights. Like, you, you don't ever really want to put that out there. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at these two teams on paper, the Golden Knights should be looking at this at this game as a game where they can get right and... and put put everything into practice, what they want to do within a 60-minute game. However, the Flyers are going to work hard, and the Golden Knights are going to have to match that because you can't necessarily rely on just your talent in these spots.
1: Yeah, Philadelphia won both games a year ago. Yeah. Dif- different scenario. Yep. Uh, Carter Hart was spectacular in both games, so they have the ability to get a goalie win. Sure. They can goalie you uh, with Carter Hart. But this is also a team. I I will challenge you to describe this. Okay. They have two wins in the last four weeks. Uh-huh. They have been ripped out of any type of contention or relevancy to an Eastern Conference playoff race. Okay. You look back at the St. Louis loss here coming off the last road trip, a defeat against Vancouver, uh, who rolled through. Those were two teams playing their best hockey of the year. Mm-hmm when they came in and won games at T-Mobile. That's not the case tonight. This is a Flyers team that is really struggling, and a Flyers team that uh, played just a couple of nights ago against the Washington Capitals, East Coast. Mm-hmm. So even, I don't care where that game was, you're on the East Coast and is flying out with one day break, just like what Vegas did uh, coming off their road trip. It, it it has all the makings of a good night, and the Flyers, not very good on the road, mm-hmm. Uh don't score a lot. Uh, I'm I'm excited from a VGK standpoint because you you can use this game if if it all goes according to plan. And this is not a stratomatic league. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not played on a board. Uh, it, it it is on ice. But if it all goes even close to what the uh, game stats tell you, mm-hmm. there should be a lot of building blocks tonight.
0: Yeah, it it should be one of those games where I think you can you can grow and and gain some confidence in where you're at right now. In much the same way I viewed the Detroit game for the Golden Knights as a game where you could kind of get right going into Boston, it's a similar circumstance here for the Golden Knights who have, you know, their record is what it is on home ice, whether it's circumstantial or whatever the case may be. Seven and six at home. Versus 12 2 and 1 on the road. So for the Golden Knights, you want to get comfortable and confident in your home record and your home game, but you also want to get your game right to take on the Boston Bruins who come into town on Sunday.
1: Yeah, a, a setup game. This yep. isn't a trap game. No. And normally you would call this a trap game. I'm changing the language around this game. It's a setup game for Sunday. You do your things that you want to do tonight. The coach is in a better mood. The players are in a better mood. Maybe it's a better practice tomorrow. Maybe you don't even practice tomorrow. Yeah, uh, It's a rest day. And you go into Sunday with all the confidence for that 5 o'clock start against the, the, the Boston Bruins. So forget trap. Trap is when you're weary or leery of the game. You're looking past it. After the Wednesday game and the loss in the third period against the New York Rangers, Everybody's attention should be on the here and now. But the the ability to do all the right things and have the momentum going forward and some some good feelings. There's been a lot of good feelings around this team uh, this year. But this is one of those ones where – you're, you're looking to establish uh, some vibe and some swagger going into Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, an opportunity in front of the Golden Knights. And, and I think that the last time they were in a similar spot, it was coming off the heels of, of that loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. You go into Detroit, there are some things you want to correct and certainly some aspects of your game you want to dial in so that you can have the confidence you need to take on one of the league's best. And it's a very similar setup right now for the Golden Knights. I think they passed that test last week with flying colors. I don't know that I expect anything different. And again, it's going to start with work against a Flyers team that that recognizes, from a talent perspective, that's how they're going to have to win games. They're going to have to outwork the opposition, and the Golden Knights are going to have to be ready to match and exceed that tonight.
1: It could, it could be nasty, though. You're going to have to work... Whether it's a close game or whether it's mm-hmm. a, a bit of a lopsided encounter because uh, they've got some guys that can, can go, and they, <laughs> yeah. can, they can they can play tough. Yeah. And it's um, – so there was a, a case a couple of years ago where Ron Hextall was the gen manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, mm-hmm. and he was going through a draft, develop, and skill. And it was taking a while, mm-hmm. but I, I loved the path that he was going on. Sure. I really did. And he was taking his time with Carter Hart, and uh, – ownership wasn't pleased with it i don't know who got in the ear i have no idea yeah who who got in the ear of ownership there was some speculation that it might have been some uh flyers alumni hmm. some former members of the management group around there but i don't know for sure right so i won't declare that if i do know you know that i'm not shy about declaring <laughs> uh but they went. They went. They went down a different path. They stopped that immediately. They mm-hmm. fired Ron Hextall, shocked a lot of people, and then brought in Chuck Fletcher yep. and gave him the mandate: "We start being competitive now. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out and we're going to shake things up with free agency, and we're going to bring Carter hard up, and we're going to be competitive." Right? They brought in Kevin Hayes. Uh, uh, went uh, went through a. Uh, an area of being slightly more competitive. Mm -hmm. But it didn't work. No. It it didn't work at all. And now you're kind of back to, well, they sold off Claude Giroux. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't keep him. You're back to this feeling of, are we in a rebuild? And John Tortorella is under no illusions that this was going to be a highly competitive team this year. Right. But – I don't know whether he expected them to be this bad. They might be much closer to a rebuild than they ever thought. And there's a little bit of revenge from uh, how far is Pittsburgh from Philadelphia? Ooh. Six-hour hour, drive. Six, seven hours? Six hours? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's an uh, awful drive, by the way. Well, uh, it's six, seven hours. There's some revenge from se- seven hours away yeah. a- in Ron Hextall. Of, I was on the – because I think they would be – okay by now you yeah. would be some of those prospects in uh some of those uh the players that are developing now that they, they brought in some good Owen oh, Tippett uh, they brought him yeah. from from Florida yeah. I think there's some possibility they got him in the Claude Giroux trade uh, he's a pure shooter that guy can score from anywhere in the offensive zone mm-hmm. uh they gotta get more out of him like that's a project for John Tortorella and, and so forth I think they've got some great uh, blue liners uh, that they can they can build around mm-hmm. but uh but this is uh this is an organization if you're a Flyers fan uh you were split on the Hextall decision a number of years ago and right now you're in a very difficult place when it comes to being competitive.
0: I I guess for me, like when I look at the Philadelphia Flyers, I, I don't necessarily see the path in the moment right now. Like I, I understand like you don't never you don't ever really want to rebuild. You don't ever really want to retool. You wanna be in contention all the time and i agree with you in that what what ron hextall was doing in building was was leading to something what are the flyers leading to right now a rebuild
1: right well they're they're trending towards a a, a rebuild
0: so they kicked the can two or three years down the road as opposed to just building into what they they could have been
1: they tried something they tried they tried an immediate reset rebuild they they gave it a shot They, they they spent money they did. And they it, tried to further it along. They gave it a shot. It didn't work. And it was exactly what Hextall told them was going to happen yeah. and why he was on his plan. Now, it's hard to change mid-cycle. Sure. The Vegas Golden Knights are one of the few examples of being able to change mid-cycle. Mm-hmm. They iced a team in year number one. They found it. Yeah. And won immediately. And in year number two, what was supposed to be a process turned into now. And year two, they made changes. Pacioretty, yeah. Stone, yep. and then that has continued to Petrangelo, and then the acquisition of, of, of Leonard. Now, I'd say three out of four worked out pretty darn good. Sure. But but they changed, and they were still successful. That's that's very difficult to capitalize on. Uh, they could have easily had the success in year number one and then said, but we're going to stick to our plan and we're going to let this develop and and taken their chances in year number two and three but built through the draft and, and developed uh, prospects. They didn't do that, and it still worked, and that has always been one of the um, most admirable parts of my uh, thinking towards... George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, was being able to realize it, mm-hmm. adjust, and still be good. Philadelphia wasn't that good to start with, which was holding them back. Yeah, And then to flip the switch was even more difficult because you didn't have that momentum going into it. And if you don't make all, all the right decisions then, then you're in trouble. And th- their best player mm-hmm. is a guy that they drafted – and developed in Carter Hart. Yeah, now, Provorov is in there. There's mm-hmm. there, there's some others, but uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, 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 and and they didn't hit on Nolan Patrick. Uh, that that uh, held the back. That was a hex doll. That was a hex sure. pick. Uh, so uh, it, I don't want to say that he was uh, he was going to be uh, a genius in the case, but I did like his plan more than what the switch was.
0: Yeah, and you know you kind of when you juxtapose what's gone on in Philly versus what's happened here in Vegas. And and to me, it's just an ability to recognize what's in front of you and pivot off of maybe a red, like a rigid plan. And for the golden Knights year one, right? Like you have a team that, that shows you they're, they're capable of of doing what they did. You adjust the plan accordingly. And I I think for the golden Knights, the, the, the thing that I look at the most, and I think maybe gets lost when it comes to assessing this team and assessing, you know, the, the, the front office is that they've been able to pivot each year successfully to try to make this team a, a Stanley Cup winner a Stanley Cup contender year after year after year and, and as you highlight that's not but, necessarily an easy thing to do
1: yeah, I don't know that they, they've pivoted as much uh, as they've built on it there there was a there was a pivot in year number one with it sure. the, with their yeah. plan yeah from from Building an organization from the ground up, you had to get you got a bunch of guys that you could get in the expansion draft, but that normally doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, it, and it didn't with the most recent one. But they they were successful. The pivot was going away from the develop and work with those players, uh, and and build and add from from the back end, not the defense, but the the bottom of the roster, mm-hmm. and add players in here and there. Uh, the young players. They went the opposite. They added big name players, big successful players to that, and built. And then they, I, I, I think they, they complemented them uh, yeah. as they went and and added to it. Instead of a, the real pivot was year one to year two. Sure,
0: that that was that, and that but was they had, the, they had momentum, right? And that was the big pivot, right? Yeah, like that, 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 was, that was it. That was the one that changed essentially the trajectory of of the organization. Yeah, right. Well,
1: you had a, you had a decision to make. Yeah. In George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and Bill Foley, do we stick with the plan? Yeah after having an amazing year but nobody would necessarily fault you for sticking with the plan. We had a great year but we're going to lean on what we set yep. out to do. Yep. Or and this was a real gamble. The one that in hockey terms not a lot of people would have made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was the riskier gamble. We're going to we're going to go away from the blueprint that we had. We're going to be aggressive we're going to add big name players, and we're going to try to win now, not in year four, but now. Yeah. And that, because uh, you, you were you had house money, you went to the Stanley Cup final and sure, you year number one yeah. with these guys. You could have easily stuck to the plan and still been successful. Uh, they went the opposite, and that doesn't usually happen. But they were good. Again, they had momentum. They had a lot of good vibes. They had good players. They they had done an amazing job in the expansion draft and had good players and were able to compliment it. Philadelphia, when they made the switch, Mm -hmm. they didn't really have any momentum.
0: So, so then I, again, I, I I circle back to outside of heading toward a rebuild. And I think that that's kind of the only real thing that will save the Philadelphia Flyers. Maybe Connor Bedard would help. Certainly. Um, Where if you're John Tortorella, you can only ring out what you can ring out of, of this, of this roster. Like, What's on? What's in store for the Philadelphia Flyers moving forward? How can this team actually get to a point where they are? What we expect the Flyers to be a good hockey team year in and year out? Well,
1: they aren't a good hockey team year in and year out. They haven't been for for a couple of years. Uh, they've got uh, some aging players that are just holding on. Uh, they let uh, they, they did a good thing in Claude Giroux being mm-hmm. traded, and they got a good uh, young talent, some prospects uh, in in that regard uh, with the. With the addition of Owen Tippett and uh, and some other prospects, but they're not a good hockey team. They're the only two teams worse in the Eastern Conference are Ottawa and Columbus, and Ottawa is only a point behind. this is a team. People will be surprised to hear this, but this is a team that's a lot closer, a lot closer to being right in the mix for Connor Bedard mm-hmm. than they are to compete for any type of playoff spot now they they thought they were going to be good in that draft develop tear it down and and build it up when they got nolan patrick and and were had the number two overall pick that year mm-hmm. now not hitting on that certainly hurt uh ron hexall's uh chances uh but also uh, not sticking to the plant hurt them but they they're only what, six points clear of being last overall they've they they're coming off a terrible month, mm-hmm. which might be slightly misleading. But um, if you're a Flyer fan, you're worried that you're in the middle ground, clo- closer to that middle ground or middle ground of the non-playoff teams you know, by is, is how yeah. I would describe that. Yeah. Not middle ground of the National Hockey like 15th uh, or 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's another – like this is a proud franchise, and – Vegas is in the year number six, and uh, I, who who would you take? who the, who's like whose plan would you take?
0: Well, I mean, there's a window for Vegas, right? Like there's there's a legitimate window to win for the Vegas Golden Knights, but there, right? But now. there's
1: also a plan there. I yeah, and, I and, agree. And, and I love Chuck Fletcher. His his sister introduced me to his to my wife. Oh, like, wow! I, I I love the Fletcher family. Mm-hmm. I, I think Chuck uh, did a, a great job in Minnesota his the mandate on Chuck in Philadelphia was to spend money and win sure well not all plans with spending money work out into winning yeah. which we've seen in all professional sports and I think they they got a little uh, unlucky too at the free aging classes at the that they've they've gone through and being able to do that and then you also get into a situation where they spent some money mm-hmm. and then got themselves into bad cap trouble well where who's playing keep this in mind uh columbus is is been decimated <laughs> by injuries and, the, and they're not <laughs> a very good team yeah but they won the johnny gaudreau sweepstakes right in the summer right everybody thought mm-hmm. johnny gaudreau would end up in either new jersey or philadelphia yeah well new jersey didn't have a lot of well, they had some interest, uh, but not. They were they were more focused on Matthew Kachuk, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. because Tommy Fitzgerald and Matthew Kachuk are cousins. Oh, uh, uh, so they, uh, they didn't know that. Uh, but Philadelphia <laughs> was the front runner from the very start, uh-huh. even before the race started uh, with with Johnny. Yeah, they couldn't get out of cap purgatory. No. No. They 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 didn't even give themselves a chance. And then anything they they. Tried to move was going to cost them so exponentially in assets, whatever assets that they have, that it became a non-factor. So even even with the plan of spending money and trying to win that way, they spent too much money and, and couldn't didn't have enough left to to buy the the one piece that they really needed and that could could help them. And I don't know whether Johnny would have went there. He yeah. he spun it like uh, he was close to home. Uh, in Columbus, but far enough away so it was good for everybody. Uh, in the back of my mind, I think I think it uh, it would have been uh, a dream come true for him mm-hmm. to, to end up there. But Philadelphia, the the plan even fell apart because they ended up in 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 cap hell.
0: Yeah, and and that that's an interesting one because I, I I tend to agree with you on on Johnny Gaudreau in that like you can spin it however you want to. I think that the fact that the Flyers couldn't table an offer that made sense because, because they didn't have the cap space to do it for an organization that was given essentially the directive, go spend money money. so we can be better. And you're talking about a hundred point player and a, and and a guy that at times can take over the game. Yikes.
1: Yeah. Big yikes. And a couple of garbage cans kicked (laughs) along the way. But then you look at, (sighs) and and Vegas has been very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Uh, being able to turn assets into big-name players mm-hmm. or be able to spend the money and attract players uh, via free agency because you're successful. So Petrangelo is the attract the player. Spending uh, your assets in a trade is the likes of Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Yep. And all three are cornerstones. You've, you've had to, to do some dancing along the way. Uh, because of the goaltending, well, you you your scouting staff found a player in Logan Thompson, mm-hmm. an undrafted player, mm-hmm. found him. Uh, your goaltending coach knows Aiden Hill. You were able to spend a fourth round pick on that. You were able to get a, a Chandler Stevenson for a fifth round pick, yeah. which still boggles my mind. And out of respect to the player, I've never looked at who washington used that fifth round pick on yeah i probably should but i don't want to mention that person's name because it's unfair to that person they were right. never brought into this yeah. uh or, or never should be compared to, to chandler stevenson but but they they've done some some really good things along the way uh with that to, to be successful uh, and uh, sure their last year was was atrocious when it comes to injuries mm-hmm. and uh, a team that was in a playoff spot late in the year wasn't able to to, to finish it off. Um, this uh, this season uh, you've you've changed you've coached you've got a, a new attitude and you've still got those those big pieces and Petrangelo Stone and Eichel uh, solidifying your your lineup. Yeah, I, again, just Philadelphia. Kevin Hayes, Carter Hart. They yeah. got a good defense, but that the, That's... this team. Watch, watch them tonight. They're they're a team in flight. Travis Connecting, I love. Yeah. He's a leading leading goal scorer. Yeah, uh, uh, or, uh, yeah, leading goal scorer. Uh, uh, Hayes, uh, I think, is powerful. I, uh, I wasn't as sold on him at free agency. Yeah. I was surprised uh, yeah. uh, w- that they spent so much money on him uh, at the time, and uh, I, I just don't see him as your pillar. I think he's a good complimentary player. Sure, I, I watched that series, uh, Winnipeg and St. Louis, when he was brought in there for, for uh, at the trade deadline and he just he didn't contribute enough and that that's that's tough too being a trade deadline acquisition but uh, I just don't see enough with Philadelphia and if you're going to be a rebuilding team then let the kids grow i just don't see enough kids
0: yeah and that's that's the that's the other side of it too is that you know you're you're kind of caught in the in between right now if you're the Philadelphia Flyers yeah, right and, and in between and you know the the the, the fastest track is Connor Bedard to me, like if I'm looking at it, this is a year for the Philadelphia Flyers to not be very good. And maybe, maybe that's what they're doing. And 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 if that's the case, and you end up kind of hitting the lottery there, then then all great power to you. Because Bedard, if he becomes, and if, if that's where the Philadelphia Flyers land, and they're able to get the player, then you can you can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, I I, I don't see how this is going to be anything that's quick for Philadelphia. But
1: Vegas. Competition around Vegas. I'm looking at the overall standings, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they are surrounded by the likes of Toronto and Winnipeg on either side of them. Sure. Well, Winnipeg expected to be much better this year, and they've got a world-class goaltender. They're, they were due to be better, and Toronto has been angling for great success through star young players all along. They're in that, that group yeah. uh, right at the top. Who's right around the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, the two teams right in on front of them are St. Louis and Buffalo. One's rebuilding, mm-hmm. and the other one was supposed to be a lot better. Yeah. A lot better. Yeah. And it's a shock that they're right there. Below them, Ottawa and San Jose. Ottawa's getting better. Mm-hmm. You see what they did. It, they're, not, they're not getting payoff from the money that they spent this summer either. No, you no. You talk about your team all. that spent yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're expecting to be better. But they have pieces. Uh, in and around Stutzla and and Kachuk You've got and a young Sanderson yeah. and Shabbat. Uh, there's good players. And then San Jose is in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. That, so that's who they're surrounded by. Yeah, uh, the, the the team that's not supposed to be there is St. Louis, and they've just been terrible uh, this season. But the other ones you can kind of see. Uh, and, and who you're grouped with, mm-hmm. that's not a good grouping if you don't know what you are. Right. We know what those other teams are doing in san jose and ottawa and buffalo we know exactly what those teams are doing st louis is an outlier because they've been terrible i don't know what philadelphia Philadelphia has been bad but i don't think they they expected to be this bad no
0: i don't think they expected to be this bad either but i i'm looking at it the way i viewed philadelphia going into the season this is where i expected them to be i didn't think they were going to be a good hockey team yep they just they don't have the horses, and there isn't enough in the cupboard to make you say, okay, well, if this player hits or that player hits, all of a sudden it's going to be a different story. Like you would need Carter Hart to be Connor Hellebach yeah, in order for the Philadelphia Flyers to push for a playoff spot. That's what you need, and Carter's been good this year, and it, it's not enough. So to me, I look at the, I look at where Philadelphia is in the
1: standings. That's who they are, and they brought in a big name coach. Who I think works with young players better than he uh, gets credit for. I, I think way, you're right. I think you're way right. better. Yeah. yeah, he's got the gruff exterior, but he's he's molded and adapted uh, along the way. And uh, I, I'll go to bat for for John all day <laughs> because the John you see in interviews is not the John who I talk to. Yeah, and and it's it's a much different situation with with Tortorella, but. He's still a guy that's very demanding and is a little bit old school. So even that, was that the right time to bring in a John Tortorella with this team ahead of Mike Yo? Like, Jeff Blaschel got what, six years in Detroit? Yeah. Because they knew what they Score. were. They knew what they were. But, and then once they sort of turned the corner, they made the change to build mm-hmm. with uh, with Lalonde. But this... This idea of bringing in a high-profile head coach, who then does what he did in the summer, calling out the locker room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like there's there's a lot going. Maybe that needed to be done. I like it might have really needed to be done for Torch to do that uh, and, and, to, and question that locker room. That uh, that was uh, very unexpected and shocking to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, to, to to bring in the coach, the star coach. When you don't really have a path, was was a, it also spoke of the let's spend a lot of money, <laughs> like Torch yeah, got a four-year yeah, deal.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I, I think I think that there's a degree of that. You, you go out, you spend money on the high-profile guy because you you want to you want to be relevant. We know what John can do with a team that maybe doesn't have the best talent in the world. Like you look at the string of of success that he had in Columbus. It, it wasn't like there was. A world beater every single year for John Tortorella. You just found a way to get yep. points, get them into the playoffs. They have a phenomenal showing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it kind of reinforces that John Tortorella can get a lot out of a roster that maybe a lot of other coaches can't get a lot out of. But I think there's also a degree of you got to clean things up, you got to learn to play the right way. And if there's a, a coach in the league that's going to be able to teach that to a team, and some of the younger guys that you expect that when you get better, they're going to be the ones leading the charge. It's not the worst thing in the world to have John Tortorella be the guy that teaches them that.
1: No, John is uh, is uh, up against it, though, when it comes to winning hockey games now. And that's a difficult thing to uh, digest yeah. uh, when you're on your fifth team. So that means in your back half of uh, your career. It make it even more difficult to win tonight. Uh, I'll tell you why as we continue live from T-Mobile Arena. We are in Section 104, the VGK Insider Show getting set for the Philadelphia Flyers against the Vegas Golden Knights and some good news this morning at the morning skate at City National Arena. We'll get into it next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. All right, you chipmunks. Ready to sing your song? Oh, I can't believe you're playing this. Okay, Simon. Uh-huh. Okay, Theodore. Uh-huh. Okay, Alvin. 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 Alvin! Okay! See, here's the thing. I love the song. I love the chipmunks. But I know we can't play the whole thing. Uh. Wait, can but I read? love the chipmunks. Going. Yeah, I can only play about 50 seconds of it before. Oh, uh, before we get. Uh, yeah, yeah, ding, ding, ding. No, well, no no! Play, play, play the whole song. I I don't have the whole song. so... Oh, come on, you were <laughs> born ready to play the whole song. <laughs> yeah, play the, like, hey, Chapman. Yes. What happens if we play the whole song? I have no idea. They may pull the podcast down. So. Oh. Yeah. You know what, Chapman? Stick up, stick up to the man all right if it was my Stand call up to the man hey, listen, right now I, no I, no this is all you right now I, I, this is about you this isn't about anybody else you just coward you just well, well yes yes because uh, i i don't want to get the phone call hey uh hey chapman we need you to come in to speak with yeah. hr about something that, you just coward my friend <laughs> and i'm gonna make it sound like you cowered to the chipmunks good job big shoots it, so, it sounds a lot like you when you uh, and Gary had the little pom pom match at no, the. Uh, I just got beat up. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't cower. Uh, <laughs> Alvin, Theodore, and Simon. Yeah. What a threesome right there. That, yeah. That's like the first uh, ever hangover.
0: Yeah, they were the three Musketeers. Yeah. They, they, but they, they were chipmunks. Yeah.
1: Best, three best friends, anybody. Um, so we uh, we roll into City National Arena this morning. I'm look on the ice. I'm waiting for practice to mm-hmm. start. Mm hmm. And, uh, and lo and behold, uh, Nick was out there. Mm-hmm. He's always the first guy out. Yeah. Always the first guy out. Uh, and I look over. he got the cage on. The bubble. Yeah. Oh, well. Jack Eichel. There it is. Jack Eichel's on uh, at this skate. I, I didn't expect to see Jack Eichel at the morning skate uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, he's out there. Mm-hmm. This is good. How, yep. how, and, and I was watching like crazy, like everybody else uh, that was uh, surprised to see Jack at the morning skate, a pregame morning skate, and to see how he's looking. Looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick starts. Uh, you're you're kind of dialed into not not the, the stick handling or anything like that, but uh, what what's he doing that's going to test that lower body injury? Right. And everything looks good. How late is he on the ice? He was on for a while. Mm-hmm. He He's a rink guy. He loves it. And he was doing his normal thing of staying out there for a while. He wasn't like out and then go get treatment and uh, see how it reacts. He was doing his normal thing. Bruce Cassidy comes over and he talks and uh, he says he's a game time decision. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked and I'm really excited yeah. to see it. I didn't. I'm shocked because I didn't think it would happen this fast that it would be a game time decision. Right. But uh, but I'm so excited at the possibility. And I don't know whether he's going to play tonight or not. But that is awesome stuff to be able to, to see Jack Eichel out there.
0: Yeah, it's it's great news for the Golden Knights that you know Jack's back and on the ice. And I'm with you in that I didn't kind of expect it to to be today. I day to day, you you, you never really know when that's you know when you're going to turn the corner. But if Jack's able to go tonight, that's huge for the Golden Knights because we we've seen the impact that he has on this team he's he's the best offensive player that the Golden Knights have he just is everything falls into place a little bit more and with without Alex Petrangelo in the lineup and without Jack Eichel in the lineup then you're you're asking a lot of everyone else to to really dial things in and step up so if you can get Jack back in the fold it, it automatically makes things a lot more difficult on the Philadelphia Flyers to have to match up to that
1: I don't think they're bringing him back because the last couple of games uh, they don't have Petrangelo, and they're missing a couple. And then the new Ranger game uh, didn't go their way. I don't think it's that type of situation. Not mm-hmm. saying that you said that either, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, he just he just wants to play. He's missed yeah. a couple of games. Yeah. He just really wants to wants to play. So uh, seeing him out doing his thing, and he still got the the bubble on, so he's still dealing with the, <laughs> yeah. the stitches and the uh, the, the lacerations uh, that came with getting hit with that shot on on the road trip. But the rest of it looked really good so i will be one that will be paying close attention at six thirty when we come on the air on the tv side mm-hmm. uh, because we always try and show the players coming out for warmup. it's about the same time uh, and i will be doing my intro at the same time and this will be a big challenge to my brain uh, watching <laughs> the players come out and seeing where jack is if jack's out there yeah and the longer it goes the the bigger challenge it will be because you i uh, i don't Follow exactly what order they always come out in. You know, there's always that yeah. predetermined sure. order that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. teams follow through. Who goes first? Who goes last? Yep. And uh, in the middle, who you follow? Uh, I don't know where Jack comes uh, skates out normally in in steps on the ice in that order. I couldn't but, tell you. But I'll be uh, I'll be following, and then as it goes on, I'm still going to be trying <laughs> to do the TV intro. And keeping an eye on him is going to go deeper. And then there's that gap where you think, okay, they're all out there. And then a couple more players come out. Was yeah. that Jack? Was that Jack? Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, I I would probably err towards that he won't play. Yeah. That, that he got uh, that skate in today with his teammates in a morning skate. Uh, it was an optional morning skate. Uh, he took the option. He was able to go. But, uh, but calling it a game-time decision... There's there's some likelihood, obviously, that he that he might be able to go, which is add some uh, some pizzazz and some buzz to the building.
0: And we know if it – Jack's a gamer, and we saw it all last year, playing through a broken thumb, and and we know that if he can be back out on the ice helping his team in any way possible, he's going to do that. So your your point about you know Jack not necessarily being rushed back in any way, it's just. He's a guy that wants to be on the ice, helping his team. He wants to be impactful. He wants to play the game. Um, if he's able to go and he's ready, great. But if not, like, to me, the the bigger game, the the, the gearing him up, the want Jack in the lineup game is Sunday night against Boston.
1: Uh, Bruce Katz-Chapman, we have Bruce, right, in, in hour number two? Yes, we do. All right. Just wanted to make sure before I promised everybody. I could have promised everybody and then said, we don't have Bruce because Chapman made a mistake, but I, I wanted to be upfront with that with Chapman. So uh, credit uh, our growing relationship with different things that uh, I'm going to uh, structure <laughs> to try and make us uh, the best of friends. So, so you'll hear a little bit from Bruce uh, regarding uh, Jack uh, tonight and his status for tonight. The other thing that we saw this morning, and it was an optional was was Mark Stone on the ice after mm-hmm. taking that maintenance day yesterday. So it wasn't just a maintenance day and then there's uh, been examples in professional sports where maintenance day turned into being out of the lineup because they were waiting to see yep. what exactly was the yep. issue. That was great that it was an actual maintenance day yesterday and then Mark was uh, was at the optional this morning and, and took the skate.
0: Yeah, and, and we're talking about a, a game where Mark Stone took a lot of punishment. So uh, you know, there was. I, I think for all Golden Knights fans who lived through what happened last year yeah. with the team, there's there's that initial concern that when you see your captain on the on the ice for a couple of times, he's got to go down the tunnel to walk off a shot off the back of the leg. Like you start to think of, think of the worst case scenario. So you're you're right on the money there, Darren. Like the the fact that Mark Stone was out on the ice, the fact that you know everything's tracking for Mark to play tonight, that's a, a big thing for the Golden Knights because
1: uh, you're a little bit shell shocked from last year. Yeah, but you know the, the thing that just occurred to me—we hmm. got to start being easier on our guys, <laughs> like the friendly fire. Because <laughs> Stone was hit by a clearing attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not to, I mean, the, the cross check uh, earlier in that game uh, was certainly delivered by a, a opposition player. But yeah. uh, the friendly fire between Jack Eichel taking the, the high shot up towards the visor uh, on a rush by Nick Haig, and mm-hmm. then the clearing attempt that got Mark Stone the other night. Let me. We, we got to take care of our guys. Just let them know that a, a little go bit. Go tell more. them. Uh, well, I got to be here with you, and, mm. and then if I go down, I feel like I'm sending uh, the wrong message to you and the and the listeners. Boy, Rita was <laughs> not happy with me the other day. No, uh, as well. Uh, no, it should got,
0: say I, one nothing.
1: <laughs> I got. I uh, no one nothing, and then all of a sudden it changed. And uh, Ashley Vice and I had the same conversation that night. It's fantastic in the, in, in the press box. Oh. Well, this this should be. You know what? You know what I'm going to do to you tonight, Rita. On the heels of, uh, of, and it sounds like you think that I jinxed them. Uh, That's what exactly I'm, what she said. What I'm going to do tonight, because it was it was rare that they would give up the first goal in a game. Like it just it's so lopsided in the nights that they've been able to score the first goal. I'm going to go out and I'm going to predict. Oh no, the first three goals, Rita. I'm not going to say first period, second period, third period, but I'm calling the first three goals of the game for the vegas golden knights swamp my twitter handle tonight if it doesn't happen go ahead let me hear about it because i don't really look at it anyway but true. but but <laughs> but <laughs> let, let me let me know about it but i'm calling it. i'm calling a three cob advantage for the vegas golden knights tonight just to make things right with rita
0: yeah if it doesn't happen you're probably in In worse,
1: it's going to be a relationship in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, I think so. She, even if like, even if it's just two nothing, right? You were wrong. Like, you have to hit three nothing or nothing. Yeah,
1: and that's what it is. I'm fine with that.
0: That's beautiful.
1: I'm not a shy guy.
0: Oh, I can't wait till Monday.
1: I'm full of confidence.
0: If this doesn't work out in your favor, I can't wait till Monday.
1: I will have forgotten about it by then. Oh, you you might have. You won't. uh, it will get Rita to call in. I love talking to Rita. <laughs> uh, let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we'll set up hour number two. Uh, we'll tell you what to expect from Bruce Cassidy. Boy, that answer yesterday uh, that that we rolled in about the, the creating offense. Mm-hmm. I'm still absorbing that. I listened to it two more times today. Uh, we'll get into Bruce Cassidy, what he had to say this morning ahead of the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And we've got uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Some really interesting things uh, to bring you up to date on. One that I didn't get to yesterday and I'm going to make sure I fit in. It's the VGK Insider Show, live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring-ting, tingling too. Come on. For a ride together with you I love this song. Outside it's all about is the music funny. today. I am. You want, you want to see something My buddy Gabe's walking by. I got to visit. That's right. fine. He, like he runs Dollar Loan Center and, and the Ignite and yeah. the Ignite are going to be on with you and the know, pregame I show know. and they're going to be on with me on on my pregame show. Oh, yeah? we can have like a basketball game going on tonight. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. With, with With Patty the Batty. Also in town,
0: I don't. I don't. There's not. There's not much basketball there. There's just punches Patty Pimplett, to the face. He's gonna come on. Oh, yeah, it's, it's there's awesome. a lot going good. on tonight. I know. I'm. I'm right there with you. It's gonna be great. Can't Patty, wait for it. Paddy had a good
1: one the other day. His his dog uh, <clears throat> took a little bit of a mess on his neighbor's yep. lawn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Google it. It's really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with uh, Paddy the Batty mm-hmm. uh, ahead of his UFC 282 bout uh, tomorrow. Uh, he, he talked about his opponent in the press conference uh, by way of referring to him as gas. Yep. Like, would only call him fart. <laughs>
0: Big so, fan of Patty uh, the Batty. This,
1: this is going to be a, one of the greatest intermission interviews ever tonight. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, though, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Our number two is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.